chicken and the roasting. Yeah, that's what we do. Set them up, knock them down. Make that cherry glow. Whiskey and cigars, the gentleman's cologne. Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 that sounds like a party just about to start up, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. And we are so glad that you have joined us for this, the 365th show of our uh, of our uh, timeline. That's we, uh if you do the math here let me get my calculator out of my phone. Okay, yeah. That's, that's 365 three divided by that's halfway to 400 right there. That's great. You realize <laughs> that if we did a show every day, we would now have done one year's worth of shows. <laughs> yeah. I didn't That's a that's a perspective for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of shows. <laughs> and amazingly, as we pointed out in the past to the chagrin of some, no one has stepped in no to one has us. stepped in to stop <laughs> yeah. us so so we just kind of <laughs> keep it going welcome to the program it's smoking and toasting our show is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars things that we happen to be you know in favor of we're we're, we're down with those things uh, yeah i like those things yeah those are some of my favorite things that's uh, i couldn't couldn't agree more so we're glad to have you uh, on board for the ride and we're happy to welcome back one of our favorite guests mr roberto rivas villar how are you Hi, sir guys. Good, good, good. Thank you. It's so Excited. glad to have you back. And and I understand, I don't want to, like, you know, steal the headline here, but I understand you've been working on some pre-made cocktails. Is that right? Yes. I've been uh, uh, working on, uh, so I've I've done a little bit of, uh, as you guys know, I, I do a lot of uh, cocktail stuff for, uh, for some brands and for some private people events and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I've been working on some uh, a little bit, expanding a little bit the what i do and try to offer something uh for the people that D- like diversifying your portfolio yeah, so to speak yeah. well i'm really glad we have you on because it's it's good to like be able to drill down on this a little bit because we often on the show we'll do a mystery beverage and we'll sample it and then after everybody chimes in on it uh, and we'll do that today as a matter of fact after everybody chimes in on it we'll reveal what it is and a number of those have been canned cocktails absolutely and to be honest we've had more of them that i would say we would say pass <laughs> some than, of them are then we would say quite, yeah that's good i'll buy quite it disappointing right right it's so, very common so it seems to me that of all the canned cocktails out there there's still room for somebody to come in figure out how to get away from that annoying aftertaste and <laughs> and <laughs> dominate this uh, this market right Use a little bit more science, a little bit uh, more craft, better mm-hmm. ingredients, because I think that's one of the the things that they lack a lot. Uh, they they try to cut corners and go right. with so they can mass produce and, and exactly. all that. Right. Well, we did have a good one um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was the gin martini. Yes. I can. I have to look back to see the brand. But one of the interesting things was. That that was a little can. It was like those little cans of orange juice you used to get, like mm. when you were a kid. You know, yeah, it was I know which that, you're that about. size can. So it was a small pour of a martini, mm-hmm. but it was pretty good. And it was I also wonder, like eighteen percent or something right. like that, wasn't it? it was but I wonder high. if, in order to make it something that people would buy, the price point, 
if they needed to make it smaller, you, you know, so that it didn't become more expensive. You know, well, if you if you really think about it, that that would be almost the size of a cocktail itself because you have your spirit typically is going to be about the two ounce pour. Mm-hmm. You have probably uh, your dilution, which is going to add another two ounces, maybe some vermouth, maybe a little bit of uh, olive juice. You're going to end up with a eight ten ounce cocktail. Clearly, you've never been at my house when martinis are made. <laughs> well, I, I know once we had that conversation about the margarita, yeah. I learned that for you would be a different kind of uh, uh, yeah. preparation. I just, I just drink mine out of a mixing bowl. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> like if I go to your house, instead of taking a bottle to my friend's house, I'll take two bottles. Right. Because my basic formula when I find a recipe for like a margarita, for example, and I'm really proud of the margaritas I've learned to make. But the thing I had to do was invert the Amount of tequila with the amount of you know the other stuff that exactly. Goes into the yeah. So if you have more tequila, if you have two thirds tequila, hard to go wrong. It's, it's, like, that. it's like the the recipe calls for lime. Just Cruz just presents the lime and then takes it. <laughs> <laughs> no, presents. That, that's one thing I have learned though, especially uh, because I make gimlets a lot. My wife loves uh, vodka gimlets, mm-hmm. and the one thing I have learned the place where you cannot cut a corner. On those and on really margaritas as well is fresh squeezed lime. Yeah. If you don't have it, it's just not the same. You do no, either no, fresh no lime, lime or super juice. squeezy thing. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the, so, that, I'm sorry to interrupt. I did a, actually a really cool test not too long ago, and it was a blind testing with some guys to just prove the point of uh, fresh squeezed lime juice or super juice. Yeah, we did a whole test and it was. One day I'll tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of blind taste tests, we're going to do that here in a moment with the mystery beverage. But before we get to that, let me talk a little bit about what we're expecting on the program today. In addition to trying, I think, some of your ready-made cocktails, uh, we're going to be sampling some beers from Paradigm Brewing Company in Tomball, Texas. Uh, we'll be trying their Unforgotten. It's a blonde beer. And it's Ooh. interesting because it does on the can it doesn't say blonde ale. It says blonde beer. Blonde hmm. beer. Yeah, so we'll have Love to get to, we'll have to get to the bottom of that. From Drecker Brewing Company in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, their double IPA, which stand by, I'm gonna do an earworm for you now. You'll be you'll have this in your head for the rest of the day. Their uh double IPA is called Goodbye Stranger. <laughs> Good luck not having that in your head when you go to sleep tonight. Uh and finally from a little bit of super tramp now, right? That's what yeah, I thought about right McAllister, away. Oklahoma, uh, and Prairie Artisan Ales, their barrel-aged Imperial Stout called Super Pistache Brothers. And you are going to get a kick out of the can on this because it's a takeoff on Mario, but the guys are not Mario sized oh, on, nice. uh, uh, on the bottle. So, uh, so we'll look forward to that. And from BR Distilling Company in Memphis, Tennessee, we'll be trying their straight bourbon whiskey called Blue Note Crossroads. I love yes. that bourbon. And, and so I'll go ahead. And I pass haven't this had around. the Crossroads. Yeah, one. that was great. Uh, this is uh, this is great. And reminds me, by the way, there's a great uh, documentary called Crossroads mm-hmm. that, that uh, breaks down some of the old blues musicians and guitarists. On the one with Steve Vai and... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Very good stuff. And worth checking out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's uh, it's definitely, definitely worth watching. So we'll be checking into that. And, of course, the uh, prepared cocktails. And uh, then we will also, of course, uh, be visiting the portion of the show that people seem to love, and I don't know why, <laughs> the part we call Drinking News. Our Drinking News teaser headline... The worst kind of turbulence. So we'll be getting to that coming up. Uh, Plus, there's all kinds of things to talk about today. We really want to get to this one. Uh, The best IPA in every state. And this is based on the ratings uh, from one of the... uh, 
you know, one of the beer sites like Untapped or Brewbound, where people so go everyone on puts in and then they rate their, yeah, they go, I'm yeah. drinking this and here's what I give it. And so the the single best one of every state, I think that might be really interesting. And hopefully we'll have time to cover all 50 states. But if we don't, <laughs> we'll just hit some hit some highlights. And I have a feeling uh, that it's going to be a busy show. We have uh, some cigars to watch for to talk about and some bad news for me Ooh. that I will share with you in a moment of sadness. Plus... Speaking of sadness, some bad news for beer lovers in our hometown. We will uh, have a new segment today. You ever, like, watch the Oscars or the Grammys, and in between handing out the awards, they do the in memoriam segment? Yes. And they put up on the screen the actors or the uh, people that from have, the entertainment that business that have passed year. in the previous year. Yeah, we'll be, unfortunately, we'll be doing that segment for Houston breweries. Oh, no. So, yeah, oh. yeah. So it's kind of a, it'll be, it'll be a sad moment. But don't oh. worry. We've got the whiskey and we'll get back to being happy before the whole yeah. thing is uh, is over. So I mentioned uh, Blind Taste Test, the mystery beverage. I've got one already poured and set in front of you. So now let's. Uh, it, it smells fruity. Lemony. Yeah, yeah. A little bit fruity. Citrusy. Yeah. Citrusy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what you guys uh, think of this one. Mm. Maybe mangoey. Mm-hmm. Tropicalish, mm, very tropical. Yes, yeah. coconut, a little tiki-fied. Yeah, you taste the coconut. The you know, it tasted like it almost had that fake sugar um, aftertaste, and then it went away all of a sudden. So try another sip and see what that gives you, because I was kind of thinking the same thing the first time. Then I took the second sip, and I got a little more of that, which I was not, which I was not hoping for. That's a very common thing that happens when you use um, lemon ingredients that are uh, that are meant to be canned. Right. Uh, if you use lemongrass or lemon itself, it tends to do that artificial. Even it, so, it's not an artificial thing necessarily. Not always. Yeah. But it's giving you an artificial style taste. Yeah, and lemongrass like, uh, like that um, Malibu tropical rum or whatever. Yeah. That, you yeah. Know, uh-huh. With a hint of little citrus, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a lemon meringue pie. Yeah. This is not undrinkable. Like yes. No. Um, but there's a little something in that aftertaste that I'm not really happy about. I agree. Well, here's what it is. It is a painkiller cocktail in a can. Huh. Cult cocktail from our friends at Spindle Tap Brewing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it says uh, this, uh, uh, the, this elevated twist on a classic uh, combines the best sorry really small print combines the best of the old school recipe with new school techniques our malt beverage um i think the word is rides uh rides the waves yes of the island uh without uh blah 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 blah, blah. so anyway I think this is, I agree with you, it's drinkable, yeah. but I'm not sure I'd go out of my way for it. And I think it highlights the issues that we continue to talk about with canned exactly. cocktails. It's not perfect, but it's getting better. Right. Uh, and you know I, what agree. That that I agree. Is, yeah. You know what that aftertaste is? Uh, that, like, uh, <clears throat> uh, cheap vodka gives me that aftertaste a bit, mm-hmm. too. It's kind mm-hmm. of a... Especially flavored vodka. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that pinnacle, you know, that brand that makes a pinnacle flavor that's so bad. Ugh. Well, so uh, one of the first flavored vodkas I ever tried was Deep Eddie Grapefruit. And I really kind of liked it. That one is not bad. And and then There's I tried there. Then I tried some other flavors. And I was like, ooh, 
you know, the, they don't all work as well exactly. as that one. But that one works well and is really good for making, uh, you know, grapefruit oriented cocktails uh, if you want. And yeah. not, not bad, just like really Can cold, see that straight cream? up. So this tastes yeah, like absolutely. something I once had mm. at, in uh, New Orleans, I think at Pat O'Brien's or something. But it was a very tropical made with the Malibu rum and like a pineapple juice. And yeah, uh, one of the reasons I was excited about this is, you know what that aftertaste is? What? I think I just nailed it. And I don't know why looking at the camera, you think. Dipping dots. Mm. Dipping dots. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Which is kind of an artificial ice cream taste. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. so I was going to say the first place I had a painkiller was actually in the British Virgin Islands. And man, was it good. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. seriously, like I had a lot of those before that particular vacation was over. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's really, really. It's, it's rum based. It's it's just delicious. Hey, you remember when Chris Morris was on one time? You brought in a beer that was a painkiller beer. Yeah, and it even yeah. it even came with the uh, with the little uh, lychee nut or whatever yeah. that, you, that you scraped to put into the. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was a great. Yeah, beer. it came it came with it on a dongle, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it that's, was really that's a, really good. That's elevated right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely is. I wish I could find that. I've never seen yeah, that no, beer it was, again. It was amazing, and it, it tasted so as amazing. Good. I'm sure it wasn't so cheap. Good. That's one of those things I think you find with these is to try and make this at your, your average beer can price. Right. That's, I think, the tough thing. Well, you know? and you're competing, I think, mostly with the world of hard seltzers yeah for because the, this for is the consumer in yeah, this right because this is sold at a supermarket you you can right. you can only have malt right in fact this one came from an HEB my wife brought it mm -hmm. home for me so uh, very interesting uh drinkable but keep working on it guys yeah <laughs> and roberto's working on his we'll get to those mm -hmm. plus we'll do some drinking of a little unforgotten blonde coming up from uh, paradigm brewing company mm -hmm. you are watching and listening to smoking and toasting show number 365 we got a good one for you today stay with us my friends Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're glad you're here. Roberto Rivas Villar is our guest today. We're going to be talking uh, his uh, prepared uh, cocktails and, and kind of breaking down what it takes to make these things and, and uh, of course, drinking them. So we're excited, yes. about, the, we're excited about that. There's, there's the fun part. Terry, do we have any, like, sad music? Uh, you know, I think we could bring something up here okay. uh, with this. Let's yeah, see. Let's, here. Let's see. Uh, a little, little sad music to set the stage because <clears throat> this is bad news for Cruz. Ooh, Get a tight is, shot in on you there. That is sad, sad <laughs> music, sir. For the first time in two years, AJ Fernandez Cigars is increasing its prices. Oh, like no. a steel spike to the heart. Why, AJ? The company yeah. says the uh, prices of its cigars across Not the board will increase AJ. by 5% effective February 1st, 2024. I've been yeah. trying to buy and smoke as many as I can so they wouldn't have to do that. Oh. But apparently their profit margins are a uh, thing. So, Getting anyway. tighter and tighter. Uh, this, by the way, affects the A.J. Fernandez branded products like <clears throat> New World and San Latino and, mm -hmm. uh, and so on. Uh, but the various lines that A.J. makes for other companies are not necessarily affected by this change. So thank you for indulging my moment of sadness there. Yes. I, you I'm know, just, I've got I've got an actual tear 
Yeah. Right here. Yeah. I yeah. see that. Right there. I thought maybe that was the, the tattoo that you got from prison, but uh, <laughs> no. that's an actual, <laughs> actual <laughs> tear. <right>? Actual <laughs> tear, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you feeling for me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a big time consumer <clears throat> of this product. You are an AJ fanboy. That is, so that is I will truth. be tightening my belt in other ways, perhaps... You know, having popcorn for one meal a week, you know, just uh, something to uh, to allow myself to absorb the price hit. Nothing That's like right. ramen noodles and a fine cigar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bologna sandwich. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of fine cigars, Ian, do you have a, an opportunity to smoke anything interesting? Well, so as, as you're a big fan of AJ, mm-hmm. I have a few cigar makers that i'm a big fan of yes uh, ep carrillo mm-hmm. carrillo 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 it's easy for you to say um carrillo is, is, is one say, of right? them and yeah. i picked up this cigar called uh a short run 2023 Ooh, um that sounds just earlier today i picked up the toro 6x52 when i looked it up to see what it was about it was blended as a collaboration with one of my other favorites um, Oscar Valderas. Oh, see, those guys make great cigars I too. I love, and I had yeah. actually at this point in time already picked up a Superfly. So I'm like <laughs> EPC choice, Oscar Valderas. And then I find out yeah. that this one was made by both of them. Yep. Uh, this was uh, uh, this has a uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan uh, and Honduras uh, for the filler. The appearance medium brown, semi rustic wrapper, leathery and oily EPC band, and a secondary short run band. Uh, firm overall, slightly lumpy on the outside. The pre-light sniff, earth and coffee, sweet, dark fruit at the foot. Classic tobacco. Mm. I love that smell. Yeah, that, that yeah Classic tobacco totally. smells so good. Totally. And not all cigars have that. But anyway, mm-hmm. the pre-light draw on this. Uh, first off, uh, check out this picture. I got a perfect punch. Oh, um, nice. Uh, light draw, sweet, creamy mocha and classic tobacco. Slightly meaty and tomato kind of n- notes in there, as weird as that sounds. The first uh, initial light on this big, meaty and spicy bro. Broth, followed by black pepper, cinnamon, and wood. Retrohale is bold pepper and wood. The first third on this comes in medium spicy with some gritty wrist earth and classic tobacco. Has a very comfort food kind of quality for a cigar. Uh, pepper and a kiss of cinnamon lingers on the tongue and lips. Retrohale is sweet and spicy. Solid ash, good burn. Uh, second third of this hearty spices and meaty tones reminds me of a bit of stew. A bit of sweetness and rich earthiness weave their way underneath. Medium strength overall. Retro hail is sweet with a hint of mocha and woody notes. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. Last third of this cigar, meaty and spicy broth remains consistent. Sweetness and earth notes uh, move forward. Retro hail is sweet, mocha, and woody. Solid ash, perfect burn. This comes in at eleven dollars and seventy-five cents. It gets a solid six from me. Wow, it was fantastic. Do I want stew or a cigar? I'll have to. Maybe I can have a both. little of both. Yeah, it's fantastic right. cigar. We will take a break and be right back. It's smoking and toasting, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Sorry, I'm still just dabbing in my eyes a little bit from the A.J. Fernandez price increase uh, news. But Ian is cheering mm. me up with a uh, uh, the sound effect of him pouring. You're nailing that ASMR. The first, uh, <laughs> the first beer. I love it. We talked about this, actually, on, a, on, on an earlier show, that apparently the hard pour, which you know Chris Hart and some others that we know are, are proponents of, helps you basically not get so much gas when you drink the beer. Oh, that was decent. Because it allows the bubbles to expand some of the belly uh, uh, belly inflating uh, stuff. So, 
It'll still inflate your belly, but it just won't. Uh, it won't yeah, yeah, but then yeah. you have to wait for the bubbles to go away. I know, and that is, and so I've been doing this, since we did that this story is a on the crazy show. Crazy amount of impatience that happens when you see those 100%. bubbles. Hundred percent. Since we did that story on the show, I've been hard pouring my beers more because I used to do the, you know, pour them down the side of the glass. Yeah. You get a little bit of, you know, foam, not too much. Now I've been hard pouring them, and you, so you pour them into the the frozen glass. You go and you throw the can away. You come back, and there's still that yeah. much foam on the top. You're like. Man, I want to drink this. I don't want to. I don't want to get wade through the foam. So yes, I understand. I get so impatient totally that, that by the time I'm, I'm trying to pour that last bit from the can in there, yeah. but the foam's too high, I just drink what's left in the can. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Toss that away, and then I, I got to stare at my beer. Yeah, I, I need to start doing that. At least then you get something, a little taster. Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you a trick sometime, guys. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, the cigar that I smoked uh, for the show this week is from a very small, very boutique cigar maker. Heart of a Lion Cigars. They are based out of Dallas, Texas, and founded by a gentleman named Sherwan R. Mims, who mm. fell in love with cigars in 2014 when his then fiance gifted him and his groomsmen with smokes for his bachelor party. And that was his introduction That's into his the world of cigars. It's a girl. And he went, yeah. a, No, not even it's a girl. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So he went into the uh, cigar business, decided he would, uh, you know, become a, a, a cigar maker. Do that. Is badass. Uh, it really is. I, I, I love it. I have huge respect for this guy. I love so that. So I picked this one up when we did our live broadcast a few weeks ago at El Cuerpo, uh, El Cuerpo Ritmo uh, in Old Town. El Cuerpo Roto. El Cuerpo Roto. I, you know, I, I wrote Roto, and apparently Spellcheck didn't like it and corrected it's not, it to Ritmo. It's not the dead rhythm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> El Cuerpo Roto in Old Town Spring, which... Uh, was a beautiful place. We had a really fun and great show yeah, there. Yeah, super fun place. The stick itself is beautiful as well. Absolutely gorgeous, box-pressed, very attractive double band, as you'll see here. And the wrapper tobacco itself is a smooth reddish-brown cover uh, color, rather with the shadowy splotches of darker spots. A very mysterious-looking wrapper leaf. I really, really love the look of this cigar. Um, that leaf is Ecuadorian Habano tobacco, and it's wrapped around a Nicaraguan binder and a blend of aged Nicaraguan. Criollo 98 filler. Pre-light, sweet grass, leather, and earth were the prominent notes on the pre-light and the cold draw. I used a punch and a torch and got started smoking the heart of a lion. Our old songless friend, the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast, greeted me on the very first puff. In fairness, it, it wasn't it didn't bowl me over, but it was there for sure, giving me the idea that the heart of a lion, as the name suggests, was going to be pretty big and pretty bold. Uh, once the NPB settled down and went in its corner to cry about its songless status, uh, the cigar <laughs> remained pretty bold, but not necessarily in a peppery kind of way. It was just very big. The flavors were big and upfront, and I got earthy notes, campfire, leather, and chocolate. Chocolate. I can say that word. Chocolate. 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 In the first third. Chocolate. I was trying to make it... I was trying to make it sound mysterious. Chocolate. Uh, construction seemed quite good, and uh, I'd place the strength of it at just <clears throat> under full body. Second, third, roasted coffee beans, earth, and some toasty notes that I'm more used to in milder cigars, but they were definitely here. Smooth and creamy on the finish, which helped to mitigate the strength a little bit as I got closer to the halfway point. Burn was a little wavy, but no issues. By the final third, I was enjoying the Heart of a Lion Dark Habano quite a lot. The early strength of the cigar was, to be honest, a little bit off-putting. But the more I smoked it, the more the flavors, flavors came through and the strength became more of a positive. Earth and coffee and a note that I would compare to raw almonds 
joined them in the final third. Mm. You know that taste that raw almonds have? That if you toast them, you get a completely different taste? Right, yeah. right. It's a little yeah. green kind of right. thing exactly. in a good way, vegetable exactly. kind of taste. Yeah, it's good, uh, yeah. but uh, but that's what it was. Uh, so anyway, if you want to try these out and you can't find them at your neighborhood shop, you can order them on the company's website at heartofaliancigars.com. And yes, they do sell them individually, so you don't have to buy a whole box. Uh, the Heart of a Lion Habano is a $12 cigar, and it was a very enjoyable smoke. Very different flavor, uh, flavor profile than what I'm used to, and I think it lives up to its $12 price quite nicely. Price to quality, a solid five. I encourage you to go buy one of these and support small boutique cigar makers. These are the guys that keep the whole industry on their toes yeah. by trying things and doing things that, you know, maybe the maybe the bigger guys yeah. don't necessarily have the guts to do because of how much of their resources would have to be, you know, deployed in something like and that. And so, they have an audience already that likes yeah. what, you know what I mean? They already Absolutely. Like a yeah. profile, right? And so, it, like, this cigar, I have not seen another cigar that was at least labeled Dark Habano. So that's why this interested me so much. Nice. Certainly, certainly, Habano wrappers are, are not uncommon. But uh, anyway, this was uh, it was very good. I enjoyed it very much. And for so. those of you not uh, familiar with our uh, price to quality scale, it's a one to ten scale. Um, if you uh, get a five, you get exactly what you're paying for for the right. price. Right. So if you uh, I if felt you go like a little was... above five, you're pushing above your weight class, so to speak. A little under five, maybe it's a good cigar, but maybe it. Could have cost a little less. I I felt it was every bit worth the twelve dollar price, and I think that's saying something for a small boutique cigar maker because mm -hmm. these guys don't have the room to discount as heavily as the bigger. You know, AJ Fernandez. Yeah, their margins are much smaller. Yeah, who's yeah. raising his prices? Uh, AJ is uh, <laughs> AJ's, but but he produces a lot of cigars. Yeah, that's true. So he can you know he can uh, employ some economies of scale there that. You know, little guys like these guys uh, can't do. So anyway, I, I like being supportive of the little guys trying new things. And, and this was a good indication of that. And I uh, I kind of dug it. Yeah, all right. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our guest, Roberto Rivas Villar, is here with some uh, with some craft cocktails. And we'll get to that in a moment. But it's beer tasting time. And we poured this from Paradigm Brewing, which is in Tomball, Texas, a suburb of Houston. Uh, these guys have put together a blonde beer. They don't call it an ale. They just say blonde beer. Featuring Vienna malt and German hops, Unforgotten delivers a smooth, drinkable experience. But the real story behind the brew is our heroes, first responders, police, and our military. We honor their efforts and sacrifices to keep us safe, and a portion of the proceeds from every beer goes to help support them, enjoy the drinkability of this premium craft beer, and know that you're helping make a difference. Very cool. Um, it definitely has that... Uh, sort of German hops and and Vienna yeah. uh, uh, toastiness to the uh, nose. And I would say sure. a slightly, a little bit slightly sweeter than the average German. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, I can I can taste a little yeah. of that sweetness in there, which I guess is why it tastes more like a blonde beer, uh, blonde beer than just a you know a Bavarian style. Mm -hmm. It does ale. say blonde beer. Yeah, I thought funny. that was interesting. Has some nice honey qualities like mm -hmm. the sweetness. I, yes, I really, really like this. This is delicious. A blonde, uh, a yeah. blonde ale or a blonde. We're gonna have beer. to visit them. Absolutely, we should have them come in on the I show. Because I bet this is amazing off yeah. the tap. Yes. We should have them on the show too. I'm gonna send them a clip of this and be like, uh -huh. "You guys need to come on and yeah, represent." Yeah, we were raving about you, and they have a really good IPA that I've tried too. Um, and and they have uh, a lot of different. They styles. have a, a beer that has a. Uh, my wife just picked one up. It has coconut. In it. Mm. And it's really interesting. It's like a blonde ale with coconut. Nice. I'd like to try it. Very that. interesting. Yeah. Uh, very well, nice. Well, this is good. You're right. This has a little bit of the Doritos effect on the finish. You you kind of swallow it and 
you get that finish and you're like, oh, I want another. I want, I want another, another sip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is classic good. I want like a 24 ounce this of this and some wings. So crushable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say go to Buffalo Wild Wings, but there's no way they would have a beer this good. No, on they tap. wouldn't. Yeah. They so wouldn't. no. So you'd be disappointed in that. Whenever that you go somewhere and their sales point is the coldest beer mm-hmm. ever, like. And the negatives is that that something wrong. You're missing something. I do like cold beer, but if you don't have any beer I like on your taps, doesn't matter how cold it is. The coldest beer because it has to be cold. So you yeah, don't yeah really that's taste right. It so that's much. right. Yeah, that's right. And I will say this: if you're going to have a Bud Light or a Michelob Ultra, you want it as cold as you can get. There's that. Yeah. You know, right. Well, that's right. why. That's why the the. Uh, the, the Coors has the um, early warning system on the can, right? right. So you can look you at know, the can the, and tell the, if it's the cold. Can that colors uh, blue when it's when it's cold. If it's not cold, ooh, buddy, <laughs> I will retreat. <laughs> I will say that um, recently I was down in the party room in my building, and someone had had an event there, and they just had a few things left uh, on the counter. They were long gone. They cleaned up most everything, but they left out like a couple of pastries and a couple of beers, and they were Michelob Ultras. <laughs> And I thought, okay, I'll take one and stick it in the beer fridge for that occasion when I forget to put beer in the fridge, you know, and I re because my beer fridge is not that big. Right. And so maybe I don't have anything cold and I really want a beer. And so ultimately that happened. And I had the Michelob Ultra. It was ice cold for my beer fridge. My opinion has not changed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you should have drank it with a straw instead. Yeah, it, it really was. Very much like beer flavored water. Yeah. In fact, I would prefer the non alcoholic hop water <laughs> to the Michelob Ultra. Those are good. They I are like good. Lagunitas yeah. Lagunitas Lagunitas ones are great. Wow, yeah. they're good. Yeah. I recently tasted the flavored ones and they were pretty good too. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I like them a lot. Yeah. But this is is very good. And you're right, Ian. We should we should talk about uh, going out there and drinking some beer right out of the tap. Yes, right out of the tap. Because imagine uh, that out of the tap. So good. Uh, very good. Roberto is working on uh, craft cocktails that are pre-made that you would be able to buy, you know, in a would it be in a can or a bottle? It would be in a bottle. Um, so a lot of what I do, I get commissioned works from uh, different brands. I do a lot of work for Brown Foreman, Dos mm-hmm. Hombres Mezcal, mm-hmm. uh, Era Tequila, which is part of Brown Foreman. I, mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff with them. And I get commissioned uh, by people, professionals, or executives, sometimes apartment complexes. They want me to design a cocktail for them, pre-batch it. Um, and they can serve it at one of their events or, exactly. or something. Gotcha. Those, I've done a lot of that for those hombres whenever they do uh, this, those big events and they, they come to me. like So I need a cocktail that serves X amount of people. I put it through my cal- I have a whole spreadsheet that I do and I'll calculate everything. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I can give you... ABVs, I can give you everything, brick scale, everything. So you're already used to preparing these specialty things that are pre-made. Now what you're doing is saying, how can I take this pre-made cocktail? Make it more accessible. Make it more accessible, something that people could buy pre-made at their favorite liquor store or potentially grocery store. I would like to be a little bit more out there with the consumer and my friends, anybody that knows me. And if they want something specific, they tell me, I want to get home and, and have a X style of old-fashioned ready to go, just get to my fridge and 
I can design that for you. Pop it open and there you go. Yeah. Exactly. I, I do a lot of barrel-aged and wood-aged uh, cocktails myself, too. So in this case, if you did that for somebody, you might you know deliver it in a large container. A large, and they would Presentation is optional. Right, yeah. right, right. Sometimes I deliver them in the actual barrel itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I use different woods. I have a uh, French oak. I have um, American white oak. I have ash wood, cherry wood, apple wood, anything you want. So when you're thinking about something, though, for mass market consumption, what are the biggest challenges? Is it freshness? Is it aftertaste? Is it how it tastes once it's been in a bottle or a can for a while? What are the biggest challenges? So the biggest challenges, I would say, is how can I make this outstanding in a, in a level that is barred, like, craft cocktail bar right that would be competitive with what you would order at exactly a bar. and then still be something that is priced correctly that you i'm not gonna break your bank and i'm gonna still make money and shelf life of course because that would be a big deal right yeah because uh shelf life this is where you start having <laughs> this the scale right quality and uh affordability and uh, drinkability and shelf life you know now a lot of the canned cocktails that i've seen and this is true of the painkiller uh, one that we tried today. Uh, it's actually a malt beverage. Yeah. Are you? Are any of yours malt beverages? No, no, no. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you're kind of ahead right there. Because rather than have a malt beverage that tastes kind of like a cocktail, yeah. you're dealing with an actual, you know, using the actual ingredients that would go into that cocktail if you made it for me, if I ordered it at your bar. And most of the mass-produced ones, they have to resort to different... Uh, Shelf, right, long, right. And, and yeah. Uh, so I use we remember when I did the margarita, I do the super juice. So I get rid of the things that would make things go bad, mm -hmm. but I still keep them fresh in the so, sense that right. I create them. It's not from a lab. It's not from a powder. You know. And when you think about malt beverages, just just you're just the only reminder you need. Zima was oh a malt God. beverage. Mm. Um, That's what at least they put enough like. carbonation in it yeah. to uh, <laughs> to cover up any kind of flavor or drinkability. Yeah, exactly. I still remember. We've talked about this in the show. And, and the bottle, the bottle um, opening was big enough to put a Jolly Rancher in. Oh yeah, <laughs> See, that was that was a thing, right? I mean, you you have to you have to cover your bases on this. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward. We're going to taste this in the next uh, segment coming up, and uh, I know you've got one that you're. One that you've been working on, and then one that you just wanted Ian and I to, uh, to try. I think. Yeah. But I'm really excited. What is the one that you're working on potentially for so, mass market consumption? Uh, this is for anybody that is sad during Valentine's. Oh, and we have lonely. sad music we can play while we drink it. Exactly. So this is for all your, uh, all my tears and your tears are gonna go in here. Yeah. And it's called Love Hurts. Oh, see, because <laughs> even bad boys. Have a softer side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I have a big softy side. We'll be right back at Smoking a Toast. <laughs> Welcome back. I couldn't really hear that, but thank you, for, thank you for trying. <laughs> I, I appreciate. I do. I do appreciate the effort. So, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Uh, Roberto is our guest this week. We do want to give a, a quick shout out and a big thanks to last week's uh, special guest, um, Javier Daxakis from Maison Ferrand and uh, uh, Plantere uh, Plantere Rum. Um, it, his real name's. Greg, but 
Docs is is one of our best friends on the show, special guest, and uh, several episodes ago. We had him on for some reason. I have no idea why. Just like a brain fart, I introduced him as Andrew Doxakis, and he was he was so like put aside by the whole thing that now I try to introduce him by a different first name every time we talk about him. So, Javier Doxakis. He's, he's got a little drama in him. Yes, he does uh, <laughs> a he little does. bit. But he's uh, he's super fun to have on, and he calls himself what did he call call himself the spiky fox? The spiky. The spiky fox. I think I was calling him the spiky photos, but that was, somehow that didn't. The spiky again, gray fox. Again, he doesn't seem you know to be all that impressed by that. Roberto, uh, you've been working on these uh, cocktails, uh, and I asked you, which one of these did you want us to try first? And you went with something that's a Christmas uh, cocktail. So, is yeah, right? this is the one that I did for Christmas season. Um, that's the first time that I had to, the idea to retake this cocktail for the people. Right. Thing. So I wanted to do something reminiscent of that ginger cookie uh, Christmassy thing. Oh. So this has uh, a 50-50 mix of Wild Turkey 101 Rye, and uh, the other one is going to be an old granddad bottled in bun, so it's 50-50 of that. Mm. Uh, I use orange uh, Angostura bitters and aromatic Angostura bitters, and then I made a really interesting syrup with uh, ginger, mulling spices, cinnamon, and a little bit of star anise and clove. So what percentage of this is the two whiskeys? Uh, so you're going to have two ounces total of whiskey pair old-fashioned. Okay. You're going to have four old-fashions in the bottle. Okay. 16 ounces. It smells like an old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. And it also Wait smells like... Wait you try this thing. also smells like Christmas. It does, it does smell a little bit like Christmas. It tastes amazing. Wow. Honestly, that, you know, that tastes like I just ordered it I from mean, you and you made you it at the bar. This and Has this been in this bottle since Christmas? Yeah. Yes. Wow. wow. If you oh, have that in your own little maraschinos at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a little bit of that cinnamon on the front. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be contributed. I mean, that's going to be part of the rye fashion. I mean, the rye fashion, the rye whiskey. And because uh, Old Granddad is very, uh, it's also high in rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get that. And <clears throat> obviously the ginger is going to be present. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some cinnamon in the front, like I said. And then you start getting the clove, and you start getting a little bit of the anise. Love and that. such a warm, like, like aftertaste. Like, there's a warmth that comes up here. It's like a little hug. Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like wrapping presents. Like, it's, it just puts <laughs> you in amazing. that mindset, And it? I feel like it has the right dilution. I, like, I don't like one thing that you find in these pre-made cocktails. Mm-hmm. They're, you feel them, they're, the, the, the mouthfeel is very thin. Right. It's right. very... Uh, I like to have a good old-fashioned where you still get that viscosity. You get a uh, nice punch. That hug that you're talking about is very important. I like to have an old-fashioned and feel the, the Kentucky hug. And this has absolute the zero artificial aftertaste. No. Yeah. None. None. It's just it's just as, as delicious and fresh tasting as if you'd made it for me. Three minutes ago if, at the bar. If I wasn't looking and you put this in the cup, I would have just assumed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, it, it's so, pretty incredible, actually. So I, I assume because we're not getting a lot of artificiality that there's not a lot of preservative there's stuff no, anywhere so in here, right? The good thing is that this is very high in alcohol, so you mm-hmm. can keep in, and, and it's, it's basically uh, whiskey, bitters, and a syrup that I mm-hmm. made. So you can keep a lot of things in high alcohol amounts for a long time. So that was going to be my question: is how long would what would the shelf life be on this? Ah, uh, well, 
you can keep pretty much anything in alcohol. <laughs> right. Right there. <laughs> sure. Well, so I guess the next question then would be, if you were going to sell this bottle, which you said is the equivalent of like four old fashions. It's four old fashions. Okay. Yeah. What would this bottle need to sell for at this retail? This one came out at $35. Okay. And this one, the one for Valentine's that we're going to talk about is a little bit more expensive because it goes through a very expensive process that I did sure. for this one. It's a very special process. It goes through a fat wash, cacao butter fat wash. That's going to change the whole mouthfeel. It's going to make it super silky and even fuller in your mouth. I was invited to a party once that uh, one of the things of the party was a cacao uh, fat wa- cacao butter fat wash. That kind of scared me, and I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to know when to put on my Speedos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of what I was getting at there. All right. Well, can't wait to taste that. But this one, Santa's Little Poison. I love the name and the uh, label, too. Yeah. The Fantastic. La- the label was funny because I just did it thinking of a skull Santa, and everybody yeah. started saying, oh, that's you, that's you. So now I have to incorporate the skull in all of them. I love it. All right. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for hanging with our first hour. Hour two is coming up. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Roberto Rivas-Villar is our special guest. That guy's crazy, And uh, behind the uh, wheels of steel is uh, Terry Michaels, who is uh, uh, kind of uh, doing the producing and engineering on the program today. Adam in the Sky puts it all together. And uh, now I'd like to uh, give a special credit shout-out to a musical artist named Justin Allen Arnold. Because of his composition, Cordelia, which we will be using as the background music for our In Memoriam Mm -hmm. session here, honoring Houston area breweries. That's where we're from. So this is hometown to us uh, that have not made it through the last year. Smoking and Toasting remembers Counter Common in the Bel Air area of Houston Mm -hmm. that ceased operations just a month shy of their first anniversary. They were touted as the neighborhood's brew pub, uh, the neighborhood's first brew pub, uh, and Counter Common came from home brewer uh, Jamie Robles and Dennis Ree, who uh, honed his brewing skills at St. Arnold. They also had food there from Ming Nguyen, who previously owned Cafe TH, which was one of my favorite Mm. spots in the... uh, uh, downtown and Edo area of Houston. They poured their last beer... In June of 2023, we salute and remember Counter Common. Smoking and Toasting remembers Black Page Brewing Company, which mm-hmm. shuttered last summer, less than a year after launching in the near north side. They amassed a large following with a very stylish space, uh, but they were only able to make it for 10 months. Black Page Brewing Company came to a bitter end, and they apparently were you know, really struggling with uh, yeah. the debt of the whole place. So they are sorely missed as well. Uh, Smoking and Toasting remembers Misfit Outposts. Uh, they had their, they were really well known for their signature IPA. Uh, actually, I, I apologize. I got this wrong. Smoking and Toasting remembers Twisted Acre Brewery. Yes. Very well known <clears throat> for their uh, uh, signature IPAs. Misfit Outpost is now operating in that same space. Mm. But it is, in fact, so a completely... denim, uh, Black Page Brewing. Uh, the, there's a brewery operating where they used to be. It's uh, H-Town Brewing now. Okay. Right. So we'll, we'll have to, there's a lot of these that we really have to check out because we want to support these guys 
so that they don't meet the same fate as the brewery that they replaced in that location. But Twisted Acre Brewery was family-owned and launched in Cyprus in 2018, but sadly poured their last beer after a five-year run in March Ouch. of last year. And this one really hurts for me. Um, Smoking and Toasting salutes and remembers Ingenious Brewing Company. You're my boy, Ingenious. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, super sad. The yeah. Humble Area Brewery uh, gained popularity for its inventive small batch brews on frequent rotation. I tell you what, every now and then, they came out with an absolute dud. But the beers in between those duds were so fabulous Absolutely, and inventive and creative. They had a and nice, the, dud, the duds were few and far between. They had a nice little spot out there, too, they kind really of in did. an industrial yeah. park. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their new releases included the double IPA uh, Splat. Milk Stout, uh, Southern Drip, and Sour Ale Jelly, among other oh, yeah. uniquely flavored brews. They are 100% missed. Coming back from COVID was difficult for those guys. Yeah. And uh, and finally, Smoking and Toasting salutes Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Uh, their, uh, lease I just heard about at that. At 2101 Summer Street ended abruptly, effectively shutting it down on the 26th of January. Just Culture Map uh, reports that John Deal, who's the owner of Sawyer Yards, which hosted the, the match tons are still yeah, warm, locked out the business due to non-payment of rent, and so a very very sad one. These these guys. I mean, in fact, I almost bought a four pack of uh, more cowbell that I saw downstairs in my little uh, shop just to bring on a drink and uh, you know in memoriam to uh, to these guys to. Buffalo Bayou because they Buffalo had, Bayou made a drink called the um, 1836 Copper Ale. I remember that one. It was absolutely brilliant. I think it I may have been my favorite of their brews, although I enjoyed it. their Christmas beers a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I liked a lot but of their think, beers, but that one was I think that may be outrageous. More Cowbell, good. their double IPA got a lot of attention during a time when double IPAs were not nearly as common as they are now. And so these guys, uh, these guys really did it. I would have brought some more Cowbell in, but I figured... With Roberto's cocktails, we probably had plenty to drink on the oh, show yeah. today. I don't understand what that means. I uh, love all this I understand can. is there is still the equivalent of three uh, 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 old fashions left in that, and those are really good. <laughs> this really one good. is for you. That's, that's like uh, pizza. Uh, Drecker uh, Brewing Company, one uh, that we've had their uh, beers on the show before. They always have these really inventive and and crazy <laughs> artwork, uh, artwork on their can. But this is their double IPA, and it's called Goodbye Stranger. Which you know, good luck getting that out of your head for the rest That's of the day. That's a super cool can. Ding 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 ding. Ah. ding. Goodbye Stranger. Yeah, that's a, that's that's an earworm song. You if know there what? Ever was. If I you have like Super it, Tramp stuck in your head, that's okay. It's been stuck I like in my head. Super Tramp. Uh, I, Super I, Tramp. I really do. And that whole Breakfast in America album, classic. Great. Classic. I will admit, though, you have another album called Even in the Quietest Moments that I really like. It's got like some... I don't know that I've ever listened to that album. I might have to pick that one out <laughs> The last week. song on that album, I'm not recalling the title. I'm it's always looking wonderful. for like a good classic album to listen mm -hmm. to. Well, Breakfast in America is good all the way through. That's I a good one. Yeah, I remember they had this uh, hits album that it was kind of like a guy standing and he was reading a book. Yeah. And the cover was his face. Oh. It was I heard the hell out of that CD. <laughs> it was like I love it. I love and it. And he had all those like the logical songs and stuff. One of the things I like about those guys though is they didn't sound like anybody else. They were no. totally unique. They were very know? different, very yeah. different. Pale two row, uh flaked oat, mm. flaked wheat, and uh carafoam malt. 
uh, Citra Galaxy, CTZ, and Recau Hops and House Boys IPA Yeast. This is a fabulous, fabulous double IPA. Is delicious. I'm still so stuck on this uh, can that I haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's coming in. See, 8%. I, I'm sure we've got some B-roll up of this, yeah. but this is this is a serious artwork can. Is the is the equivalent to a cereal box that they give you oh a box too? Like when you're in your cereal, <laughs> 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 or like the placemats at some uh, like restaurants. What's the, what's where you this read little the crab place? from? This this crab is from something that yeah. I can't remember. It reminds me of SpongeBob. Oh, yeah, SpongeBob. Yeah. 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 Looks like Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Yeah, that's who that looks like. Just different enough to keep them out of uh, yeah, exactly. you know out of uh, copyright <laughs> issues, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this a lot. This is really delicious. This is good. And sometimes when you get to a double IPA, the hoppiness becomes the only prevalent. Yeah, the you only know, thing that really strikes here's, your Here's palate. the thing. If a double IPA is done right, it's got a lot of malt right up front mm -hmm. and a sweetness that you don't get in a standard IPA. Can I just mention, by the way? This is outrageously good. I have been loving in that, what you just talked about, I've been loving St. Arnold's Banger. Yeah, wow, that's a good, good one. The, the that, good that is such a good beer. Wow, yeah. it is. But it, but yes, this is hundred percent. This is so well balanced, and they do not uh, err in the uh, hop department. It's got hops. Reminds me a lot of Ghost in the Machine. See, one of the greatest beers. Uh, a little yeah. bit. It has it has that uh, creaminess that mm -hmm. Ghost in the Machine has. Um, it has a little in, bit of that kind of creamy mouth. You remember we had the Holy Ghost, which was their uh, oh, yes. double or imperial yes. IPA. That one was really good. <laughs> that was yes. just outrageously good. Roberto uh, remembers watching me tank down a few like 24-ounce oh pours of... Uh, <laughs> Of uh, uh, Ghosts in the Machine at a yeah. game. 24 ounce? Yeah. So, they wow. were like, do you want a big pour? I was like, yes. <laughs> it was fun watching him on stage. <laughs> Let's say that. One of the things I will say is where we are, because Broussard, Louisiana is not that far from Houston, which is where the uh, brewery is that makes yeah. Ghosts in the Machine, Parish Brewing, uh, we can find it a lot of places here in yeah. the greater Houston area. But I will tell you, if you can find it anywhere, if you're listening to the show from any location where you're a little further away, if you can find it on any of the beer services, Tavor has it available yeah, yeah. every once in a while. There are some of the others. Get it. It is a wonderful IPA well, and experience. This, and this and, Drecker is, too. And comparing Drecker to that is... As as big a compliment as I can give, like it's, it's, it's one of the best. This is so good, yeah. Um, and this is so like it, it. Like I said, it has that that same little creaminess right up front, and then it has this uh, really unusual kind of hop, slightly bitter snap, and then it finishes cleaner than you would think. Finishes with lots of citrus, actually. Yeah, yeah. very clean and, and citrusy. And you get the the bitterness from like you would get from the peel of the citrus mm -hmm. uh, fruits. Yeah, yeah, from the zest. Yeah. Right, which is a different bitter, by the way, than a really bitter hop yeah. taste. Yeah. Although this may actually be from the hops, but but you know what I'm saying. It's it's it not. That. It doesn't give you that hop bitter like a really big West Coast uh, IPA would. Yeah. It gives you instead a, a sort of a more subtle. Uh, no, and it has like it has a finish a little more like a juicy, you mm -hmm. know, almost. It has a finish that's a little more sweet. Mm -hmm. With just enough bitter to keep it from lingering. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's like a not fully ready orange. Mm -hmm. You know. What yes, a hundred percent. It's just a little tiny yeah. bit green, but still you can still eat it. Yeah. Uh, Terry, I'm confused on time. Are we okay in this segment? Oh yeah, yeah. You're okay. Good. All right. Just didn't this wanna... is uh, good job, you guys. This is yeah. a great beer. Yeah, it it really is. I, I am so excited about 
what has happened in the world of IPAs since the IPA fever kind of mm -hmm. died down a little bit. It's kind of like you remember the cigar boom, right, of the mm -hmm. '90s. Uh, you know, there were it was great for cigars that they were getting you know more attention. People were learning about them and stuff, but. I, Ultimately, it led to some really poor quality cigars coming out yeah. to try to meet the demand. What was great, though, is when that kind of died down. Rising from the ashes. Rising is. from the ashes were some of the yes. things like Rocky Patel and, yes. and uh, some really amazing cigar companies that came out with really good quality stuff, trying to respond to the fact that as an industry, it had gotten a little, you know, a little, out of control. Uh, uh, yeah, and a little off target, and and uh, it the boom wound up being great for cigars. And I think the same thing uh, in the end. I think the same thing ultimately happened with IPAs when everybody went IPA crazy, yeah. and every brewery and their brother was releasing an IPA, and some of them were great and some of them were not so great. Yeah. Um, there has now that the dust has settled. Because are you in the incredible sinking chair, Roberto? <laughs> I had a cramp. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe I thought maybe we have one chair here in the studio that is we call it the incredible sinking chair uh, because that's what it does during uh, during the show. We should probably label it. Yeah, we probably should, yeah, this put a chair red is dot cursed. on it something. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but as I was saying about IPAs, when the dust settled, we were left with some of the best and most creative some beers. amazing Ghost in the Machine is a great example. Ghost Yellow in the Machine, Two Hearted Rose. Oh my God! Yeah. Yellow Rose, Hipster yeah. Sauce was ninety great. minute. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable IPAs. <laughs> if you get like, your chance, if you get the chance to drink a ninety minute IPA from Dogfish Head, clear your calendar, sit down on your couch or your favorite comfortable chair, and really. Take in the sensory experience so good. of that beer because so it's good. so good. It's so amazing. And, you know, in a time when, you know, beer sales in general are down and people are, you know, looking at other, uh, you know, other things and other forms of, uh, of alcohol, there has, in that shadow, been released some of the greatest beers that have ever been made. Agreed. Yeah, There's some, so, and, and and on the IPA side too, it kind of filtered out a lot of the bad. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, still to come on today's show, we are going to be uh, sampling uh, another uh, cocktail, another craft cocktail, a prepared cocktail. Tell us about uh, Love Hurts, uh, Roberto. What are we going to be sampling? So uh, this is going to be Love Hurts. This is for the sad people. Valentine's Day. There's a little bit of tears in here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, this is a whole different direction. We're going to have Evan Williams bottled in Bond. We have a cacao butter fat wash, uh, or uh, cherry bitters, uh, some uh, Aztec chocolate bitters, and vanilla syrup, and a little bit of bartender tears, all in the yes. all in the mix. We are going to take a break, and we will be right back. Drinking news still to come. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, the top IPA in every state in the union, or at least in some of the states of the union. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Oh, nice. Very nice. You know, I could do that because you took the care. Yes, I did. Welcome <laughs> back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm smoking and toasting. As you were saying, Ian, I took the care. You took the care to open the top of the bottle. Yes. Um, you didn't minimize spilling as I just poured some on me. Well, I worked on that, but perhaps I didn't but do But usually enough. when you clear the neck, you do minimize spilling somewhat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could have been worse. <laughs> Could have been worse. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't have to worry about getting a foil cut when I was trying to pull the tab to mm -hmm. open it. That's right. OSHA or specifications. Or anything like that. 
That's right. This is and an I appreciate ocean. that. Like like clearing the neck of the bottle is an important part of what you do. Oh, a hundred percent. When I bring in whiskey or or any beverage for that matter, and then we don't have I, to I like do to it on the sure, show. There's I like to make sure we're safe. You don't have to see any awkwardness of us trying to do it on the show. Absolutely, either. because because right. far be it from us to be awkward. Because as we <laughs> as we know, sometimes the top of a whiskey bottle can you know kick your butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a very interesting uh, whiskey to me. This is uh, it, it, it is. Well, Ian, what is the actual full name on the on the bottle there? Uh, Blue Note Crossroads okay. Straight Bourbon Whiskey, finished with toasted French oak. So we all know that Blue Note is uh, very much a music associated thing. That's a Blue Note Re- Records is one of the greatest jazz yeah, labels absolutely. of all time. And then there is an excellent documentary which I may have attributed to Amazon Prime earlier in the show, but it's actually on Netflix. It is called uh, Devil at the Crossroads. It's the story of Robert Johnson, the legendary blues guitar yes. player. And it is 100% Fantastic. worth watching. I if love you have the, interviews any interest. With, the interviews with Sun House. Oh, oh, yeah. When he's talking about how Robert Johnson used to come in and noise them up all the right. time. And, and it's playing got, bad. Yeah, it's got... Uh, Quotes in it from Clapton and Keith Richards and Kurt Cobain and B.B. King and all kinds of people. And if, if you have any interest in the blues at all, even a passing mm. interest, this is a documentary See, you should watch. And that's that's incredibly geeky of you because what I was going to say is the blue note is actually the flatted fifth. Yeah. And if you add that to a pentatonic scale, then what you have is a blues scale. Yeah, but see, you're a musician, and I <laughs> I am a music listener. <laughs> a, and, and by the way, I, I don't that was in any way say nerdy. that that's better. Uh, I'm just saying I'm just saying you're you're into it. You know how to make it. I don't know how to make it. I just uh, I just this, listen to it. This unique expression combines the unmistakable uh, boldness of the blue note bourbon with the sophistication of the finest toasted French oak curated from an artisan cooperage in. Um, that's easy for you. This to say. is scratched up. It's a little hard to read. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. By Somewhere the way, central, some, 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 some. Taste in every sip the unforgettable uh, intersection of notes that embodies the inherent spirit of the blues. The mm-hmm. sound and the movement of the blues were meant to break uh, the rules. This is Blue Note Crossroads, mm. Mm. and I will the tell you, on the nose, it's company. just wonderful. That color is amazing, too. This smells good. Yeah. yeah, look at how beautiful that is. This bottle's beautiful. It's got the uh, blue note. Um, it's got the blue note. It's got a, a, a guy with a guitar on his back. Looks like an old Stella, mm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, can tell right away that French oak is, like, unmistakable. And then it's got a background on the back of the bottle that when you look through it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So good. And I like it that so much, good, and I haven't even tried it yet. Speaking of so good, holy cow, have you tasted this? Oh, I think I'm in love. <laughs> oh, it is. It starts with cinnamon. I just went to like an Eddie Money song. Yeah, right? I was. <laughs> I was about to say now that. I'm going to that song in my head. If I may be so bold. We get back to the Super Tramp song. Ooh, <laughs> something's got a hold on me now. <laughs> Thank you. Good That's night. That's a great song. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Good night, everyone. Good you. Talk to you later. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That is, uh, yeah, yeah. When you're quoting Eddie Money, by the way, Eddie Money was awesome. I mean, he Eddie was Money rock. He was one of those. But. If you have the opportunity to see, had the opportunity to see him in his final years, it tarnished it a little bit. Yeah. Because he would just come out. He could still sing okay, but he would come out and go, I'm the money man. I'm the money man. I'm the money. He was like, shut up and sing. <laughs> Shaking. Yeah. Or, or. It's just like Ronnie That first album was really good. I think I'm one. in love. Yeah. Yeah. 
just like just like Ronnie says. Yeah, just like Ronnie says. I got two tickets to see you see you sing something in particular. Yeah, Let's do it. Two tickets to Senior Frogs, and we'll be right back. Into smoking and toasting, uh, and we'll be right back. Still going to talk about IPAs in every state, and drinking news is next. Holy by the cow, way. this bourbon is good. back we're funky we are groovy with the sound of a uh, houston based uh band that calls their music uh, uh gulf coast funk uh that <laughs> it's a is a beautiful thing that gulf is a uh, band called the suffers and they are wonderful and you should go see them live because they are a treat if they ever play in your area uh welcome back to smoking and toasting our show's all about crap beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars during the break ian and roberto and i each added a piece of ice to our Blue Note Crossroads whiskey. What's it doing for you guys? Mm. So first off, cinnamon comes around the backside big time. And have honey. 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 Yeah. And the vanilla, like big you were time saying. The vanilla just pops out mm. of it. Sometimes, it's so interesting. Sometimes, whenever you add ice to the whiskey, it might make it more aggressive, a few, a few things more aggressive. But this one, like Cruz said, has mellowed down a lot of things. Yeah, it did definitely mellow it down. Uh, I will say, by the way, guys, I think this is about a $46 bottle. So great. So yeah, it's under that's, 50 bucks. That's pretty pretty darn good. We're having yeah. a good day for drinks, aren't we? We truly yeah. are. And we haven't even gotten to Love Hurts. Roberto's <laughs> last cocktail. <laughs> we'll be getting to that Made momentarily. The tears of a bartender. We will be getting to that momentarily. But first, it is time for the segment of this program that is proven for reasons none of us completely understand to be the most popular. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, Honey, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. <laughs> now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. And a reminder for those of you who may be new to the segment of the program, <laughs> the drinking news uh, features actual news stories reported on in the press, not uh, parody sites, but for actual, real, yo. real for, for real, yo. Uh, and these are stories that are often... Sometimes, maybe even often, about drinking. Not always. But they are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. Ever since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, and perhaps even before that, reports of disturbances on commercial airplanes have been dramatically increased. In fact, the New York Post recently reported that wild airplane passenger meltdowns have soared Nearly 50% worldwide in the past few years. Listen, with, people, haven't you watched YouTube? You will get kicked off to the plane. <laughs> yeah, with one airline reporting a 100% jump. Accounts have included a woman who exposed herself and shouted expletives while exiting a Frontier Airlines flight um, in Philadelphia. Was she hot? It doesn't say. Mm. An American Airlines passenger who, an American and an American Airlines passenger who tried to breach the cockpit after she wasn't allowed to get another drink. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Ian right there. 
<laughs> from from reports of passengers slapping, punching, and kicking flight attendants to loudmouth Karens who didn't want to be inconvenienced by having to wear a mask during the height of COVID, uh, to a traveler who caused a disturbance while demanding that the plane be turned around in Chiang Mai, Thailand, because he wanted to retrieve his forgotten bag back in New Jersey. Oops, I forgot. Things have gotten pretty crazy up there. Like that's you think that we're gonna turn this whole thing around. Yeah. And while all I said oops. And while all <laughs> flight disruptions are most definitely pains in the ass, it's fair to note that some are a little bit worse than others. Like what happened on an American Airlines flight from Phoenix, Arizona to Austin, Texas recently. Oh, not all the way to Tacoma? Before, <laughs> before the plane even got off the ground. Apparently, even before taking to the quote-unquote friendly skies, the American flight encountered some high wind and was forced to turn back to the gate due to a passenger's incredibly pungent farts. <laughs> <laughs> what wow. did you eat? You should have known better. Oh this, this is the true story of the fiercely flatulent flyer who caused, <laughs> who caused <laughs> what we'll just call a very big stink. Awesome alliteration. Yeah. Imagine that your farts are so bad that the plane has to turn around. Terrence and Philip were coming from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it caused a very big stink while the plane itself was still on the tarmac. According to a passenger who posted about the noxious incident on Reddit, before most people had boarded, I observed that this man was audibly disgruntled about something, maybe hungover, rough day, I don't know, but as soon as he sat down, he was grumbling about something under his breath like, effing hell or something. After the majority of the passengers had boarded, the man reportedly exclaimed, you thought that was rude? Well, how about this smell? <laughs> Flatulent party man. And then he proceeded to play the entire cabin a lengthy tune on his butt trumpet. <laughs> butt trumpet. That's, that's more like a trombone. <laughs> the Reddit user went on to say, I don't know what provoked that comment. And while kind of funny to overhear, it was uncalled for, especially coming from a grown man on an airplane. And nonetheless, now you probably know that during any flight, the voice of the plane's captain on the overhead speakers can be a very calming influence. They can assure that the situation is under control and offer helpful advice to the passengers. And so is a public service to you the Drinking News listener, uh, we've put together a list of things that the American flight's captain may or may not have said over the intercom during this incident. Captain wants you to shut up and sit down. <laughs> this is the top five list of things the plane's captain may or may not have announced. Number five, we've encountered some severe turbulence. Please remain in your seats and for God's sake, hold your breath as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, we know you have a choice when you fly, but holy cow, dude, why couldn't you have chosen JetBlue? <laughs> Number three, your seat cushion may be used as a flotation device, or you might want to hold it tightly against your face for the next few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Number two, 
When the oxygen mask dropped from above you, please affix one to the mouth and nose of any nearby small child before putting on your own and breathe normally. And finally, the number one thing the captain may or may not have said. Flight attendants will be serving snacks shortly. Apparently, someone has already cut the cheese. <laughs> Reporting live from the Phoenix airport, where I'm opening up my laptop to buy as much stock in Febreze as I can, because they're <laughs> going to need a buttload of it, if you'll pardon the term, uh, to fumigate this plane. My name is... <coughs> Cruise. Chicken and that news. is your chicken. <laughs> That's our time. <laughs> oh, drinking news. You know, when the smelling salts smell better than the air around you, you know you've been you know, in a bad situation. They were just on the wrong airlines. I hear that Alaskan Airlines will open the door for you while they're going down. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that on Saturday Night Live, but they did a wonderful commercial for that where basically they said it was a, it was a traumatic experience, but nobody died, and you have a great story to tell now. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, I have Cheers, to admit, that does kind of appeal to me a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can somebody open a window? Just open, yeah, if they could just yeah. open that door right there, that'd be great. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the problem with the farting guy on the plane. Opening a window is not really an option. You know? I wonder if he was laughing about that. Because I, I, like, I'm not going to be, I'm positive I'm not the first person to do this, but I've been in my car and hit the window lock button before. Because oh. that's oh. funny. Classic. <laughs> that's, my Honestly, that's my favorite thing to do. The guys. <laughs> The guys I went to college with, it was a regular occurrence for them to go, dude, come in the bathroom. You got to check out this huge spider. <laughs> and you walk in and discover that you've been, oh, you've been played. Dude, you know, hey, man, I've been in the grocery store and crop dusted an aisle and then, and then turned a the corner and heard someone go, oh, hell. <laughs> hey, at least the uh, captain and pilot of the plane didn't say he who smelt dude, it. Dude, how bad? <laughs> How bad does it have to be to turn a freaking airplane around? Dude, that's, like, that's insane. That's amazing. Well, in fairness, they weren't in the air yet. They were still on the tarmac. But it was like, yeah, no, we need that, fumigation. That was we, bad yeah. that you were just on the tarmac and they already that guy, that you were That guy des deserves some sort of trophy. Like, the, yeah. like, this guy was able to turn a plane. <laughs> and here's the deal. You know, he was a little proud because, you know, no matter how bad your own gas is, you're always sitting there grinning a little bit going, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. That's, a, that's a guy thing. I'm not sure females look at it the same way. I'm not sure they have the same pride. Uh, I think there's some that silently they do. Yeah. <laughs> Silent but deadly. Uh, okay, so um, we want to get to this next craft uh, uh, cocktail here. And and so um, uh, I thought maybe you guys could start pouring this, and I want to talk to you about... The uh, highest rated uh, I'll do this IPA. If you put that whiskey a little closer to me, I can do that. I will pass it around. Um, IPA, uh, the highest rated IPA in every state, according to Beer Advocate. So, Beer Advocate is one of those sites where you can go on and say, hey, I'm drinking this and I give it this many stars. And so, we have any state, toss a state out at me, uh, Ian or, or uh, Roberto. Uh, let's and, uh, go, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, it is highest Just rated. Just because I'm curious. Highest rated 
IPA in Oklahoma. I'm scrolling down. You know they made mm hops in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, well, that didn't do it. Alpha Hive Double IPA from Coop Ale Works is uh, their number one uh, for that state. From uh, Pennsylvania, I'll just read you while you guys think of other states to ask me about. Albatross Brews Gentleman IPA is their number one. So these are Ohio. ones I'm not, I'm not uh, necessarily familiar with. Dragon Saddle Hoof Hearted Company IPA. Kentucky. Oh, Hoof Hearted. H-O-O-F-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. I know. Have we tried that? We, I feel like we had it on the show. I don't know, but we should have had it on this show. I, since I'm pretty we sure did, we uh, had Hoof Hearted yeah, on the show. Hoof Hoof I believe we have. What other state did you ask me about? Uh, Kentucky. I just got that. Uh, yeah. All right, here we go. I know. Kentucky. I know we did. It was probably a few, like, three years ago, but we had that on the show. Rico Suaven against the Grain Brewery and <laughs> Smokehouse IPA. Not to be confused with Rico Suave, right? <laughs> One of the greatest <laughs> things ever. One you want to ask me about Louisiana? Go ahead. Ghost in the Machine, double dry hopped Heck, from Parish yeah, Brewing Company. Yeah, you know that was going to be yep, there. Yep, absolutely. There's uh, no doubt. Let's check out uh, Texas, our home state. I'll, I'll get to that. And you can think of other states to ask me about while I do. Uh, from Texas, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Yellow Rose from the Lone Pint Brewery. Oh, Golly. Yeah, yeah. I so, love that. So yeah, this is yeah. giving yeah, some actual credibility wow. to this. I list. need to send a mention. I need to send a mention, honorable mention to Blake about that man. Mm-hmm. This place is so good. Uh, uh, from Vermont, it's Eddie Topper's The Alchemist mm-hmm. IPA, which that's uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I love this one from Washington State. Now Washington State, home to you know Seattle and and and. Uh, uh, Spokane. There's so many crap breweries up there. I'm not familiar with this, but I want it badly. It's an Imperial IPA, 10.5% from Rubens Brews called Blimey, That's Bitter. Blimey, That's Bitter? <laughs> I definitely, Blimey. definitely want to, uh, to try that. Let me see some other ones I can find from Oregon. Uh, Boneyard Beer Company's Notorious Triple IPA uh, from... Oh, I was gonna. You know what? I was gonna try Delaware, because Delaware is home to some really. It's a small state, home to some great. All I always think uh, is Delaware is the Wayne's World. Hey, we're in Delaware. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Delaware. The ninety-minute IPA from Dogfish Head Craft Brewery. Oh heck yeah! Takes the uh, takes the thing. What about like New York? Uh, New York. Good See question. our tastes. Our tastes are not all that off from uh, you know people. Yeah, this is true. New York, uh, other half brewing companies, fourth anniversary company IPA okay. uh, takes it uh, in New York. F- take us, take us to Florida. Oh, yeah, I was about to say because eventually, would be the next. Yeah. eventually everybody has to go. <laughs> I can't find any fault with this from Cigar City Brewing, the High Lie IPA. Cheers, That's y'all. a good, Cigar City, yes. their Maduro is good. The Maduro is so Beautiful. good. I love that beer. And the Hialeah IPA. Uh, I have to mention this just so I can uh, uh, say the name of it. Uh, from the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., uh, D.C. Brow Brewing Company's On the Wings of Armageddon IPA, <laughs> oh, which yes. I haven't had, nice. but I really want to try. Uh, Roberto, let me uh, interrupt our list to go to your cocktail here. Talk to us about... Love hurts. So uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different, more uh, Valentine's ish chocolates mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cherries ooh, all ooh. the way. It's certainly there. Yes, mm. it smells like a cherry cordial. Those cherries, but there's also a. But I, I not only wanted to do note. that. I wanted because it's Valentine's. I wanted to be all in your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that cup out of. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> 
of course I'm talking about the cacao butter fat okay, wash. Of course, yes. Um, so I did a cacao butter fat wash, and uh, I skipped that party, but it sounds interesting. It's uh, so I, I, we use <laughs> we use Evan Williams bottled in bun for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fat washed for about three hours in a sous vide. Then obviously you do the process where you separate everything, you get rid of it, but it completely changes the texture. You see, you get a very silky mouthfeel, mm-hmm. and you get some chocolate and some cherries. Now I know we're the short. This is cherries are crazy. This is delicious, and it's really? so chocolate and cherry. Uh, I know we're short on time in this segment, but what made you choose the Evan Williams as the spirit you wanted to use in this? So Evan Williams, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Bottled in bun, of course, is one of my favorite ones. It has the proof that you need uh, for a good old fashioned, mm-hmm. and it's not expensive. It's not cheap. It's Right there, kind of right in the middle. Yeah, that allowed me to do that fat wash. This is great, fat wash or not. This is great. This uh, is outrageous. All right, we still have a beer to taste and uh, lots of show to wrap up in a very short goodbye segment. But we will do our best. We are smoking and toasting, and we will be right back. I love this chocolate cherry. It's so good. Uh, 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 <laughs> holy Thank cow! You Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. This has been a good show. The way I know is when we don't have time to fit everything in. That's when I know it's been a good show. Before we uh, before we jump to this next beer and before we talk a little bit more about this amazing like uh, cacao and cherry uh, wonderful <laughs> uh, uh, cocktail, I just wanted to mention two other states, uh, their top IPA from this list from uh, Vine Bear and the folks at uh, the uh, beer site. Uh, Nevada's, just because I want to read it uh nevada's best ipa disco ninja from revision Brewing. i love Honey. the name it i just be, love the name it would be called like that if it's vegas mm, yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah and from michigan who we talk about michigan a lot because they have so many great breweries Dude, michigan bells. Is great breweries. bells breweries hop slam ale yeah you just That's, said bells yeah you had it man bells it. and founders and oh, oh, so, so, so many, many great breweries, breweries. Yeah. bells yeah. is one of my all-time favorite breweries they, they really almost can do no wrong so first off um holy crap this is good Mm-hmm. This oh, uh, <laughs> old fashioned is so good. Thank you guys. Thank uh, you. How do we get a hold it. of it? Uh, you guys can contact me, anybody, through my uh, social media, Instagram. Uh, we're going to leave it here. So, if I were doing a party or an event, for example, and I wanted you to make a signature prepared cocktail for this event, you wouldn't be there as a bartender making them live. I can. Although you could do that, I, I assume. I could, but some but people don't also... want to, they don't want to spend the money on the right, actual right. because it's not cheap having a bartender there's an right. hourly and everything right so but you, you could, could make something like this in advance and i've had uh weddings and stuff like that where, where people would like to have a barrel in the in the center of the, the table you know they, they right, separate right. People and they just serve their old fashions and love stuff. that idea love that and idea. so i do a lot of that and so how do people contact you to find out more information the best way to contact me would be through my instagram which is a uh, rob dot the spirit box um, Rob dot the spirit box. That's my Instagram handle. Okay. And if you want to see a lot of the, some of the content that I do, I do a lot of uh, bartending tips and. Uh, it's very recipes. entertaining. It's fun sometimes. There's silliness on it. there too. I love yeah. it. That's good stuff. There's no silliness on this show, so you know. Well, that's true. You don't you don't fit in here at all. 
Not 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 one bit. <laughs> uh, we have one more beer that we haven't tried, and it's from the guys at Prairie Artisan Ales, and these guys are so creative. Uh, they're out of Oklahoma, McAllister, Oklahoma, and uh, this bottle, and you'll this, see this on the B-roll, but this takes the Super Mario Brothers listen. and turns it into Super Pistache Brothers, yeah, that, and, and they're a little chunkier than Mario <laughs> and his uh, The picture's buddies. amazing. But uh, I love pistachios. Yeah. I can sit there. I will sit there and like crack pistachios until my fingertips are, you know, green. Makes, makes <laughs> me want to make a pistachio cocktail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you, they're already expensive, but you can buy them already. Do like this crack. I did not know what to expect from this, although I have a fairly high degree of confidence in oh, prairie arts and ales. It's absurd. This is wonderful. Like the pistachio flavor. All right. Just marries for those of you that will understand this. Stout. For those of you that will understand this, first off, there's no carbonation to speak of. Mm -mm. No. Like there's no Not carbonation whatsoever. Um, it is pistachio forward. Like this is madness. This is nutty. It's you a barrel-aged imperial style yeah. with pistachios, dark chocolate, marzipan, and hazelnut roasted mm. coffee. Wow. This is so outrageously good. You know, I've had many prairie uh, beers. This has to rank way up there. Oh, yeah, I this is... I agree. It's one of the best. Top five. This is one of the tops already, and, and prairie makes such good stuff. And it's hard to, like, you know, when you go... Uh, Specs, uh, where I shop, has... Tons of prairie yeah. beers, and they're all there. And you're like, it's almost like buyer paralysis. You're like, well, which one of this, these do I want to try? Yeah, a little analysis paralysis. Just pick one. I'm on my second. <laughs> yeah, I, I already refilled mine. Like, so I'm I'm swishing around my mouth, and then I take a swallow, and I'm tasting these things. I'm tasting those. Then you can taste the uh, the pistachio in there. You can taste the little papery part of the yeah. pistachio that it's you insane. get. It's insane, right? When you but here, when, here's what I would say: like, I didn't know if I wanted a pistachio taste in my beer. Now that I have tried this, know. I totally want a pistachio taste in this my beer. So good. Totally. You know what's the crazy part? So this is typically these beers that they make. They have a sweetness to it that is delicious, mm -hmm. but it has this umami savory thing that makes you keep salivating and salivating. Oh, and yeah. salivating. The Doritos effect. I'm telling you, yeah, mm -hmm. it just makes you want more. Well, what a show this has been, Roberto. Thank you so much for coming mm. on and sharing these cocktails with us. No, thank this, you for having this me, guys. Whiskey was fantastic. This is only 13.6%. Oh, okay, That's good, it? good. That's good to know. So we don't have to worry at all. Uh, this was one of those shows where every beer was awesome. This, the whiskey was we great. Won today. The cocktails were outstanding. Thank you, guys. Uh, Roberto, thank you so much for being on. And no, you, it's you a know pleasure. you're. Invited anytime, right? I, I love being with you, you guys. Can, you it's... can totally crash if you want. You don't even have to like have an invitation or You know where we're anything. at. You know where I, we're you at. Know what I know time where. we're here. You know how this all works. Uh, thank you to you guys for being a part of the show. Thank you to uh, Adam for putting it all together, to Terry for engineering and producing, and thank you most of all to A.J. Fernandez. <laughs> Not by A.J. A.J., Man. I'll still buy your cigars even though they're going up. This is the last call. That's how much I love you. This is the last call, AJ. Yeah. This By the way, the I'm going call. and buying a ton of them it's before a February. New world now. Yeah, yeah. I'm like making a big AJ investment before February. That's yeah. right. Why not? I might all, as well. All the last. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big last call fan. I'm going to get them all. Have a great week, my friends. Have a wonderful time. And uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. Come on. You're